Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show guys welcome to another episode of the type 1 lifting podcast i am super excited about this episode we have the president of sports for loud and live matt o'keefe how's it going man oh dude it's great to see you and we're rekindling old flames so i'm excited to be with you yeah so for the listeners i wanted to surprise them like on the recording but i already told them already but uh so I used to be a bartender at a bar he used to go to because his the man, his buddy was one of the managers, and so that's how we've known each other for so long. But this is like the first time in like, what, like 15, 20 years that we actually started talking again? Probably 15 years, and, and uh, I probably was your worst nightmare back then at, at Raising Hell at Dylan's in Boston. Man, I go by there all the time now, and I just laugh because of the hell we raised in there. It was a, such a fun time. Oh, know? that was such a blast. Yeah, and like... I. I was always appreciative of you when you were there because you would always help out with like some like some jack wagon decided to be like cause trouble and you were like always there to help out. <laughs> Usually it was probably me. He's being nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah. So, you, so you're like one of the busiest guys in CrossFit, but you know, how did you even get involved in CrossFit? I walked into a gym like so many people. I, I um, funny like and i was just starting to tell you this like i i stopped drinking like abruptly because i needed to and um changed my life and i get into fitness and this was like i just got i just had 10 years of sobriety in january oh congratulations thank you and so like i was like back you know doing things fitness wise and just started to get bored with all the like yoga trx stuff just so repetitive and there's a gym down the street from my house. And I was like, shit, I'll try this. It was one of the original CrossFit gyms in the world. It was like number 50. Wow. And, um, but like at the right time, right place, right time for me, because it was like the start of the games getting really big, but the open was this monumental annual thing that the gyms all celebrated. Mm-hmm. And I walked in the door at, on 12.1 and it was seven minutes of burpees. And I dove in the workout and funny enough, like when you've done enough CrossFit, a lot of times like your first workout can be demoralizing it was uniquely you know uh you know welcoming because it was just like lay down and get up and a bunch of people rooted for you and i was like this is badass and i like had a a really fun time with it and i was hooked and so that that was that's how i got into crossfit i literally like i think if i had walked in and it was like thrusters and pull-ups i'd have been like fuck this i'm done (laughs) it just was like the perfect entry for me I've been hooked ever since, like, you know, got in the business side and like the rest was history. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool yeah. So pretty much with me, I started at an air force base and 
we were doing like box jumps and he's like, usually we have to do an on-ramp program, but you look pretty fit. So, you know, you're good. And I was like, all right. Cause I used to do like the 300 workout and like bro splits and all that, all that crap. And I was like, I was like, I got to do something different. And so then I just start, I got, I started doing that. And I just, it, it, I got hooked. Cause like there's typically in a, in a global gym, you have people that say hello to each other, but they're pretty much like headphones in, you know, focus on what they're doing. And they don't have the camaraderie as, as for CrossFit. That, that's, you know, honestly, that's what got its hooks in me was, you know, missing sports. And, yep. you know, I think like, you know, back in those days when we were hanging out and spending time, we were playing softball, and flag football. And, but it was just like, I was missing something, you know, and that's, it, it, it filled that. Like I was always such a big team sports guy I played in college and um, it like completely filled that void. I, I was talking to somebody in the industry you know, there's so much going on in the sport right now. We're all trying to like get moving in the right direction. And, and, uh, what we've talked about missing is like, you know, the regionals events were like these cool high school football game scenes, like, yeah. small, yep. small college football, university stuff, like big high school football type gatherings where it was like, you know, five to 10,000 people screaming for just, you know, local heroes, you know, um, and like finding a way to sort of gravitate back towards that, which is, I think where the scene's going. But it was, uh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's been a rough couple of years with it. Yeah. Still fun, but like, it's, uh, it's starting to get moving in the back, back in the right direction. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really cool couple of years for CrossFit with the new direction. Very cool. But, uh, so I want to go back to your being sober. So you're 10, well, 10 years in. So what, what made, what was like the straw that broke the camel's back with, uh, your drinking? It was probably you. No, <laughs> no it, it, it was, uh. I mean, honestly, like, you know, we're all young and like ran around crazy, which was like, it just like didn't stop for me. Honestly, I think I was like 33 and I was like doing the same things and, you know, running around Boston too many nights a week. And, and it was, you know, became, I just kind of like, I, 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 today it was so hard at the time, but today, like, I'm so grateful for being able to identify that, like, I just didn't do well with it yeah. and being okay with it. You know, it's like some people look at it and get sober and they're like, they're like embarrassed by it. Like to me, it was like, Hey, I tried really hard to figure that whole thing out and be social. And I just wasn't social. I was like, you know, a full throttle drinker. Um, it wasn't a problem for me. It was everybody around me. And then, you know, eventually it woke, I woke up and I was like, this is like not the way I want to live. I had two, I had two young kids. Uh, an infant at the time and I was like super functional but like not functional at all for what my family saw or experienced so it was just you know it was time honestly like it was hard um because I was you know and we knew each other well back then like I was so social and I was so um you know my community now is fitness my community then was like the bar yeah and it, it, it was um you know a lot of my friends were there and it was a hard couple of years but dude it's like the best thing I've ever done. It's, it's I, honestly, I like look back at it now and it's like, you know, what I identify most with is like, you know, not, you know, most people that are having it in the right place, like drinking isn't even a thing. It's like, you know, have a beer here and there, or, you know, I could never do that. And so I'm grateful now that it's not a part of my life because it's super simple, like outdoor ski, run around with my kids. Yep. Like, yeah, I can beat myself up in other ways that are steering a little more towards healthy. But yeah, it's um, it's been a while. Like I woke up and it was 10 years, honestly, and I wouldn't be doing anything I'm doing right now if I hadn't gotten sober. I can 
very confidently say that nobody would trust me yep. and I wouldn't be, you know, in the position I'm in in the sport. And so, yeah, it's been, you know, it's funny. Like I've, you know, I wrote in Matt Fraser was very open about his sobriety, but like he and I helped each other. Like he helped me a lot. Um, but you know, we laugh about it. Like we, you know, he's the fittest man in history. Like I'm doing what I'm doing in the space with him. And you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, the two of us were like in a gutter drinking beers so mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's a, it's a wild ride yeah i mean i'm trying to i'm trying to like i'm not like a heavy heavy drinker but it's like is it really worth having like one or two like one random night i don't i don't think it's like for me i don't really think it's worth it but you know it's just trying to say like okay just take the week off of drinking and then you know see what happens just try to go like you know week by week but you know i don't that's know what i think i, I think that's where I think that's what I identified with most in that, like, I would take weeks or two off and be like, you know, but the point is, is like having to do that for me was the identification. It was like, why do I have to like monitor this? Mm-hmm. Ah, it's because I can't, you know, that to me, and like that's not speaking to you. It's yeah, just yeah. like, my piece was always like, well, if I'm trying to govern it, like, why do I need to govern it? Like I have to abstain because like that to me was the issue. It was like, me having to constantly monitor, think about, worry about, you know, decide if it's too much, what the right mix is, like, all right, just cut it out. Yeah. Like that, it's just too complex for me, and I don't agree with it. So I kind of submitted. And it's like the whole, th- like, you know, the AA thing is like, you know, the powerless thing. And I identified with that. That's where AA came in for me. It was like, I am powerless because it's running my fucking life at this point. Like, yeah. And cutting it out, boom, like, I was able to, you know, get through all of, being able to like not do it very quickly and honestly it's been years of just like now fast forwarding into like real positive stuff in my life not having to worry about something i said the night before because i had too many beers Uh you know i look at my career in the path like there's a lot of social activity in our space it's funny how little drinking goes on in the crossfit space it's actually something i i observe often where i'm like these guys like I, i i run waterpalooza i own a piece of waterpalooza now it's the biggest party in history and like nobody drinks nope. you know, they drink you know like the after party but like it's not like it for me and what we experienced in boston that have been a puddle scene for 50 people <laughs> yeah. you know it's a different yeah. atmosphere so yeah it's 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 um i always like caution on my side you know i don't sell it to anybody but it was the right move for me yeah you know? um, and people who are wondering if, you know, they have an issue, like try not doing it for a long time. And it's like, I think you'll probably figure it out off of that. You know? Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I thank you for talking about that too. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I look at it completely from a perspective of if I can help somebody at this point, great. Like, yep. You know, I, I've learned and, and Matt's kind of taught some of this to me because he's been willing to be very open at maybe a, a a sacrifice to how people perceive him maybe it looks like weakness and he um he was very courageous in sharing that he was sober for a reason in you know five six years ago and i was always like dude eh, maybe you want to like it makes sense to me like, yeah it's it i've now heard from people that have helped because i've spoken about it and dude I, i'm willing to share like it doesn't it is who i am mm-hmm. there's nothing i can do about it yeah very cool very cool so um so you started actually a clothing line, which I was pretty interesting, Redline Gear, a while back. So that actually, that was like when I realized I saw like the about page and I saw you working out and I'm like this, wait a second, 
he owns this thing? And so how did, how did Redline come about? It was just really quickly in the gym. I, I, you know, that those days of like 2012 and 13 were like the incubation period of the sport and then a lot of business around it. Mm-hmm. Some of the businesses you see today that are, you know, massive, you know, probably multi-billion dollar, billion dollar brands like Rogue or Noble or, you know, RX Bar was a bar, a brand built in a CrossFit gym. All were being birthed at that, that time. We yeah. all started together. You know, Rogue was a little further along, but, you know, they're the largest fitness brand in the world at this point. And they're all born in an affiliate. And the same with what I was doing. It was just like, I think everybody at the time was so passionate about it. The sport was growing and it was such a cool community and you were able to build some things that, you know, your community gym and then the surrounding would attach to and identify with. And I wanted in like to, to, you know, I'd always been entrepreneurial in in spirit, but never uh, had the like stones to step out on my own. Yeah. And that was it. It was just kind of like, I'm going to do something while I'm doing something else and just see how this goes. And I think within like, four or five months you know i was in the insurance business they were like dude you should do that it's doing so well we love what you do with us and but go like you're you're ready and that's kind of like you know it was the biggest you know i got sober but like the biggest like thing i'd ever done for myself outside of getting sober was taking a chance on myself because now knowing that and, and having done that I've never been more comfortable in, in, in business and in my, you know, in, in my mindset around business, because I don't care if I have to start over again. I know how to do it. Yeah. You know, working for yourself, taking a chance on yourself gives you a lot of confidence in the current thing you're doing. And then what's next? Like, I, I love what I do. Yep. And if I don't at any point, I'll just go do something else because I know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. So what made you actually stop Redline Gear? Was it just pretty much like being being an agent to some of the CrossFit athletes and like loud and live? What was when what made you stop? Yeah, it was um really that. Like I, I hit a pivotal point. I don't even know when it was. Like I was still doing Redline and being an agent in say like the beginning of 2018. And my current partners, um, Nelson and Marco, who who started Loud Live, asked me to consult on Wadapalooza. And I was still doing both at the time on my own. I had a thing called Team Group, which was my agency, yep. and Redline. And um, I consulted them, just trying to like get them more. They bought Wadapalooza, were entertainment guys, Latin music guys. They didn't really, they loved the vibe of the brand and, and the, the event, but didn't have a lot of understanding of the community and space. And then they, they were kind of like transitioning with the current partners, the guys that had established it, Guido and Steve. And that's really kind of was the transitional period. You know, I consulted and then flew down there like a couple weeks after the event. And they were like, dude, we want to, you know, buy your agency, merge you. Like, we want to figure out how we do this. Like, we would really like you to start, you know, being heavily involved in Water Blues. And I was kind of shocked at the time because I'd always saw my path being you know, more agent side of the business with, you know, talent and then, you know, you know, merging into other markets. Like, you know, how do I get into football, baseball, and mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And um, I was a huge fan of Wadapalooza. Like I was, you know, a brand that I had been there with my brand. I'd been there with athletes. I had been there as a fan. So I consumed the event on a lot of angles. And I'm like uniquely, I think probably like delusional confident sometimes and and they're like can you run this and i was like you know what i can you know i know how to do this and it's like 
partner with people like I can get people that I trust and that trust me to come and, 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 and take a chance on this. So I merged with those guys. And then at the time it was just kind of like, I can't do all this anymore. Um, something I had to give. And, and, you know, I basically just, you know, decided that it was time to like put Redline to rest. It was like one of those things where I was like, could I sell it? Probably. But it wasn't enough to make sense of me living. I was so attached to the brand consumer facing that it was something I didn't want to endure somebody else operating in a certain way. And I didn't have control, but I might even suffer any of the consequences of it, you know? Yeah. So I just, you know, I steered all my, you know, stuff in one direction and emerge with these guys and you know it's been a crazy few years yeah very cool and i know your first client was matt because i believe you i said in another podcast that you he had a contract that you he wanted you to read because he didn't really trust anybody else and so it you was it. yeah and so how did like going from you know being an agent to matt to becoming more like a couple an agent for a couple of like high profile crossfit athletes yeah, because the mat work was more of like friend helping friend, honestly, yeah. at the beginning. And he didn't like – it was less that even. It's kind of funny. We laugh about it today because we're just like so aligned with each other and, you know, doing so many things together. But, what you know, at the beginning it was like he trusted me more than anyone else. He didn't trust me. You know, it was one of those type of things where like his parents were professional athletes. They actually had a bad experience with an agent. At one point they were professional skaters. Yeah. A tour and – so I had like a lot, a big hurdle to get overcome with him just from perception. It had nothing to do with me and his parents who were sort of advisors at that time. He was a young kid, you know, he was yeah. in his early twenties and he had no designs on being a professional CrossFitter. He was like most focused on like, okay, this crazy guy wants to sponsor me, me. And then I can chase these, you know, two to $5,000 paychecks at local gyms around the country and make some money. And I'm going to get my engineering degree and get a job. And I was like a geek on the sport and I'm watching him and I'm like, I watched him at regionals this year. I had nothing to do with him. And I'm like, this kid is friggin' badass. And I've always like been a talent guy. Like I've, I've always like loved sport and analyze. Like I know a lot about hockey. I've never played hockey. Like it was, it's always just been something I've been interested in. And he, um, he was an athlete I sponsored and started to get stuff pushed his way. And he was like, all right, dude, like your wife's a lawyer. Like, how, can you just look at this thing for me and tell me what you think about it? And, you know, I think the time was like a supplement contract. And I was like, dude, that is obscene. Like I do not sign that. And that's how it started. And really what was built was his trust in me. And there were no agents in the space. And people would be like, wow, like really what happened is you got a Nike deal. And like, there's a huge story behind that, but that was a time at which I encouraged him to go get an agent mm. because I thought I was over my skis at that point. And yeah. I was like, Listen. and he's like, dude, I, I trust you. Like, let's do this. And I had a mentor that did basketball and golf. And, and so I picked people's brains and he was really happy about it and proud of it. And people wanted to be with Nike at the time because he was the only one really. And so they'd be like, Hey, how'd you get that deal? And he would be like, go talk to O'Keefe. And then I became like, I just started getting like calls from all the major athletes and, it was like a first to market. And the, the thing I'm most proud of is the retention. Like all my clients are still my clients and we're still getting all the opportunities on that side in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of work since then to get where we are. Cause I knew nothing at the time. Yeah. I cut teeth on Matt. Um, and you know, that's dangerous and scary at the same time. Cause this is this kid's life. 
you know, he's not retired and, you know, he'll work, but like, doesn't need to. And I'm really proud of that. And, uh, but it, yeah, it really started with that. And, and honestly, him being my biggest fan is really how everything kind of got snowballed rolling down the hill, you know? Um, it was really cool. Yeah, very cool. And so you started becoming a, you know, someone to watch over his Waterpalooza, like you said before, just like to, like a consult, you know, someone to consult. So what made you get involved into, I know you loud and live bought, you bought your agency and stuff, but what made you wanted to do more like sanctional events like the West coast yeah. classic? Yeah. So it was, um, there was a lot of turmoil in the space, right? So I merged the beginning of 18, um, you know, regionals happen and then, you know, um, it's funny, like all the shit hit the fan at the games that year in 18. Yeah. Like the new CEO, Jeff Kane, and like there was big change coming. And then I was on, I was at HQ and talking to them about like some of the future of the way things look. And like, we might be interested in doing more. Never been in the event space. I hadn't even run, I don't, I hadn't even had a, a full lot of blues under my own belt at that point under as an operator. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, um, it was, it was sort of like a buyer's market. Like there was a free for all at that point. And we're, you know, we run hundreds of concerts, festivals. Like I was, you know, and my partners were like, go, oh, you know, we can do a really good job with this. So we went to them and we're just like, Hey, if there are opportunities, we'd love them. Um, you know, so we started new events in Spain, California, which was a great market that just didn't have an event, um, Mexico. And then we bought Granite Games, which was probably the second largest event in the world. Um, you know, over the last 10 years. Um, But, you know, the event space, so traditional sports marketing would be similarly to how we're structured. We're just like highly visible. So it looks weird to like a very passionate space and, you know, sometimes conflicting, like he owns events and he manages athletes and he represents brands on marketing. Well, so does IMG and so does Octagon and so does Wasserman. Like these big agencies do it but they get a pass because they, you know, work with LeBron James and they own, you know, you know, you know, they work with Tiger and they own golf events. Like they, they nobody, like the optics are different. Mm-hmm. We're doing what everybody does in, in the sport marketing world. So it was a natural progression because the, the ecosystem supports itself. Like we do, you know, our foundation is athletes. It's an athlete first business. And, you know, all these things support the ecosystem. These events support brands, brands support athletes, athletes support events. And we all kind of raise the tide together, you know, and, um, and we get earned and gained a lot of trust in the market from all those pillars, other event organizers, athletes, you know, are always our, our go-to. And you know, we try to <clears throat> build sound events for athletes, spectators, partners, and volunteers. So everybody has quality experience. And, you know, we just try to like, move in the right direction you know um and so it's been it's it's a natural progression it looks abnormal to the the non-educated observer that wouldn't understand the sports marketing world yeah and it's not like you're doing the programming so oh me no No. Like, like honestly it's like it's kind of the one thing that comes up every year and it's like do i know what the workouts are before we press go on it yeah but like i and you know, I've had a, like I had at the time for a long time and now it's over because Matt's retired. I was uniquely attached to Matt's camp. So I was very read in on a daily basis on Matt. And so I've always pointed in that direction on the sport where it was like somebody else program at one year, we had all the coaches program. Uh-huh. You know, the other year we had a couple of advise and I, I've got a guy, Dylan, who is, you know, my right hand man. That's amazing at it. He's been in the sport for 10 years. 
I don't get involved in that shit. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we do a really good job with it. You know, I don't, and I I want the optics to be proper on that. I could get involved in that and it would be fine. Cause I know I would do things about board, but I don't because you know, I don't want anybody to think, you know, well, by the way, on the floor at any given time in a heat, there's probably five of our athletes, you know, but nobody, everybody trusts that we do the right thing and the, the results prove it. You know, people have a good experience, they're balanced tests. Um, you know, nobody knows the workouts. Matt doesn't compete at our events, which it wouldn't matter anyway. He's just so talented. Yeah. No matter what programming is, but you know, so yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't dabble in programming. There are other people that are far better at that than I. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm trying to work on becoming a better programmer, but it's like you like there's like so much information coming from all over the place you're like okay i need to do this or this but it's like just stick to the basics pretty much i do i you know i program for myself which isn't you know but i think it's what um like i've learned so much over the last 10 years i don't pro like i'll grab workouts from comp chain from proven from you know from Matt's program, whatever it might be to just like, you know, something I like, but then like, if there's a barbell in it, like I'll lighten it up or I'll even take it out and put like an object in. I know where like, I don't want to wake up and not be able to put my arms over. I used to do it crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm a, I've eliminated a lot of kipping because of my shoulders. You know, I do a lot of burpees, a lot of machines. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I think a lot of people would benefit from what I do, but I don't think a lot of people would be attracted to what I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone wants to see the heavyweights and they want to lift the heavyweights. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of that too. So I'm like, I've never lifted as much as I have ever till like this year. And so it's just like, all right, I want to keep on going. I've hit my PR and I'm like, okay, maybe go up another ten more pounds. But I'm like 41 and it's like, I'm still feeling pretty good. But it's just like, when, when's the point where I need to realize like, all right, I need to taper it down a little bit. You know what the answer is, is it's always personal on that yeah. side. Cause look, I have a lot of friends, like I'm, you know, what, they're 43 and, you know, I've run in the master's comp train system, you know, and had a lot of fun comparing workouts with friends around the world and like, you know, competed. And there's a crowd of people I ran with that are still going at it hard. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a kid, Mike Dudewire, who runs my gym in Swampscott that, that I go to that still competes at a high level. He is a borderline games athlete. You know, and he and I used to be, like, very competitive with each other. Like, I just don't do it. Like, for me, um, it, it came down to, like, like I needed to value how I felt on a daily basis. And he is healthy. Like, his shoulders are healthy. His knees are healthy. He's not – he moves really well. So do I. I just have some things that, like, when I start to load up a lot, like, they start to bother me. Like, my knees, you know, because I played football, and you know, and I banged myself up and, and baseball, and my shoulder's a mess. It is what it is. You just got to like take care of yourself. If you're feeling good lifting, like I have friends that I, you know, that'll come to my garage and work out that are like 55 years old that are, you know, doing, you know, five sets of five with 400 pounds on a deadlift. It's like, I used to do that stuff, but it's like, I, it's like, you know what? I will be sore like the next day, unhealthy sore like, yeah. because my, my hip hurts or something. It's like, you know what? You just got to do what's best for you. Yeah. And you want to be functional throughout the whole day. Like, like you've talked about it. So it's, yeah, I, I completely agree. So, um, obviously with, with all of like the whole changes of the new CEO and all that stuff, like with the, you know, George, George Floyd and the COVID issue that, you know, Greg Glassman did. So, um, what did you guys, like, what did your team talk about? Like when that happened? Yeah, it was a, um, 
was a crazy time. Oh my I god, insane! I was, I was in Tampa with Matt. Uh, we were down, he was visiting uh, Alex Guerrero from TV12, um, and I remember we were sitting there with Alex, and that thing popped over, and it was like, holy cow! Like we to know even what would transpire after seeing that, you could have never predicted it. But I mean, our immediate reaction was, I think how like. I think a lot of people outside would have been like, wow, a lot of people aggressively reacted, but I don't think people have enough history to understand what the reaction meant to us. You know, what our reaction was sort of derived from, you know, there was a lot of buildup to that. And there's a lot of great people at CrossFit HQ still there that, you know, and we're all working in the right direction and together. And I'm really excited about where they're going um but at the time it was a lot of pain like there was a lot of you know weird stuff that was going on and it was like a sort of straw that broke our back you know i think for a lot of people and you know we're excited about the change that happened you know a new guy is there as a leader eric he's an awesome guy and i think he'll you know make a lot of great changes that will be highly successful for all the people in the ecosystem doesn't matter in or out of the system um brands you know gyms but at the time you know what it was um it was a really uh, stressful, heavy time and a lot of, you know, arguing, you know, back and forth about like reaction and why so aggressive from certain people that, you know, were internal saying like, well, you know, I'm here. And it's like, yeah, but you know, there's a bigger problem here. That's culture that needs to change. And um, I give them a lot of credit because there's a lot of people now there that have adopted the new culture and change, but at the time it was warranted. And I think a lot of people didn't realize that on the outside, which was like, why did the athletes react so aggressively? Like, why did that event organizers peel out immediately and not have a conversation? It was because a lot of people had had it with, um, you know, the current leadership at the top. Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean, kind of how culture was structured. And, um, you know, it was, it's been a long haul you know, to the point we're at today, but, um, I would, I wouldn't change it because I think we're in a really good place. Good. And I know COVID put a damper on a lot of the, you know, the sanctions that you had planned. So what's your plan for 2021? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, we're in the midst of trying to figure it out. You know, we're, uh, we're hoping to have, you know, some involvement in the season yet to be determined, but, you know, get, you know, hopefully finalizing soon with some of our events, Wadapalooza will, will, will go back to January. We're not going to do it this year, mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, but we're going to do it again in 22, January 22. And, you know, it's sort of the way the, the, the event season is structured now, it'll live outside the system, mm -hmm. but it will be a, um, I think it'll be a nice, you know, uh, showcase event. We'll put a lot of prize money out. You know, it, it's where it used to be in the system. Like it never lived as part of the season. So um, we're excited. Like, I think we're going to grow that event massively. Like, we're going to start to add powerlifting, weightlifting, strongman. You know, we want to add a road race. Um, you know, and then the evolution is, like, more sports downline that, you know, like, three-on-three -three basketball, ball, beach volleyball. Like, we want to build a really uh, inclusive fitness week in Miami, um, you know, over the next three to five years. And so we're really putting a lot of energy towards that. And then, you know, anything we're involved with the season, we believe in, you know, the sport and want to support it um, and are excited to be a part of it. Um, I wish I had something to report today other than, you know, right now it's probably going to be finalized in the next week, you know, how that looks, but there's going to be open. They're going to peel 10% of that out and put them in a quarterfinal. Yep. That will move into a semifinal phase, which will be 10 global events. 
which will be structured a lot like what regionals used to be like. Okay. And those events will be uh, global events that were part of the sanctional season. So mm-hmm. those they'll take 10 of the 25 sanctionals and insert them as semifinals. So very cool. You know, hoping, hoping to have some involvement there. And then, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a year that we need to get through um, on the event side. It's like, you know, a tough year because I think a lot of us in March last year would have pointed towards this time this year and been like, all right, well, we'll just get back to there. We can get back to business and it's going to be a while, you know, we're probably looking at Miami in January of 22 being like probably the next big time mm-hmm. our crowd, you know, in Q4 and Q1, basically that the crowd can get back together the way that they like to, which is, you know, probably still with masks on, but you know, not <laughs> worrying about numbers. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'm like, I, I do this daydreaming all the time of like, you know, just let it be two years from now, you know, back to normal. Cause it's going to be a while, unfortunately, but I think we're becoming a better, stronger business unit and a better system, you know, for all of this. And there's a lot of suffering and pain involved in that. That's unfortunate that, you know, I wish we could change. There's people closing gyms, there's events that are folding, you know, there's athletes that aren't able to train anymore and got to go take jobs. Um, you know, we're all, we all have our plight and we've got to get through it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to support each other and you know, the next six months are going to be tight. Yeah. You know, it's be tight for the system. I will be okay. Um, there's a lot of positivity. The games was amazing. Um, you know, that just pulling that off was a victory. Um, even, you know, some people are like, oh, it was weird, five and five. Like, it didn't matter what we did. Like, it, it, we were there. People were competing together. They yep. found a world champion. They found the right people. Um, so, you know, it would be great this year if that event looked like at least, you know, 40 athlete, male, female on the floor competing against each other for the title so that it's more normalcy. Um, which I think is a possibility. It'll just be a stretch to think that, you know, we'll have 20,000 people a day in Madison. Yeah, I hear you. So my my Zoom was trying to screw with me right now, so we have five minutes left. Let's do it. So uh, I I typically do an hour, but for some reason it wants me to upgrade right now, so I'm getting screwed off of this. So, I mean, I have so many other questions to ask you, but I usually have – We can do it again sometime. Okay, I appreciate it. So um, one of the questions is, so do you have like a favorite book? So these are like the last like four questions. So do you have like a favorite book you like to read at all? like to read. It's usually the – you know, um, I love a lot of Malcolm Gladwell stuff. Yep. Outliers um, is is a is a really good book. I like. Um, I've read all his books. I don't really, honestly, I don't really have a like a go to. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like you know, I love Rogan's podcast. Um, I love a lot of endemic podcasts in our space. There's a lot of great minds in our space. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of. I like to listen to Matt. I like to listen to Ben. I like to listen to Shane Tia. Um, but yeah, you know, but I'm not, I'm not your book guy. Yeah. I'm not, you know, um, it's, it's, it's on my 21 bucket list to start to get, uh, to start to, you know, I have, I have some goals for a book a quarter, which is a lot for me. I'm usually my books are emails. So I try to get through <laughs> my 200 emails a day. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no, yeah, I would, I like, I'm, I'm, I will tell you on the book side, I like to be entertained with books. I don't, um, I like to consume you know, growth and knowledge and inspiration with, through people. Yeah. You know, I like to listen to people speak and inspire and, you know, talk about their experience. 
I don't generally, you know, read a lot. Like I like to be entertained when I read, like I like to like read a good story, like not like, you know, you know, a four hour work week or like all that stuff. And it's like, you know, to me it's like, great, but like uh, that doesn't light my fire. Yeah. I hear you. So do you real quick, do you have any goals that you want to hit by the end of the year? Yeah. You know, a, a big, a big goal for me is to be, um, to, to grow Wadapalooza. That's our 21 goal. Funny enough, it's a 22 event, but for 20, for, for 21, you know, we want to show up to a full fledged event, you know, as a business, we want to show up to a full fledged event, full capacity, expand the event to like five new disciplines, you know, and really start to open up and include more people in that event. Um, that's a big goal. And then execute a couple of our events as a part of the season. Hopefully that those are two big business goals to be present really. Right? Yeah. And then use these times that, you know, are stressful um, for us as a business to grow. Right. And so that's the, that's the big Wadapalooza piece, which is like, we got this time. Normally we drink through a fire hose 12 months a year. Right? Mm-hmm. We're executing five events. Athletes are all over the world doing appearances. We're flying all over the globe, other events that they're competing at. You know, we have marketing business we care for. Um, you know, we want to do a good job for the people, you know, our partners, you know, brands we care for, but, you know, really take the time to be mindful about how, when we get back to some sort of normalcy, we're ready to go. Yeah. Very cool. That Waterpalooza is one of my bucket lists to, to go to. So, down. well, you need to make sure you get in touch with me, all the hell that I've raised in your presence. You need to, <laughs> when you're coming, I'll be offended if you don't let me know you're coming. I want to make sure you take care. Uh, I will. Don't worry. So. Um, once again, thank you for taking the time and I'm sorry I have to cut it short because this the zoom upgrade just spawned on me. So we'll do we'll do it again sometime, dude. It's great to see you. Yeah. Thanks for having fun. Appreciate it. All right, you too. All right, thank you very much.